Hi, I'm Bianna. And I'm Darren. And, and we're, we're Bold, Bold Culture. Culture. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you've probably heard your share of agencies talking about the culture they create internally and for their clients. But the culture you express in your marketing message also needs to match what your employees are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. And we find that's often not the case. Yeah, diverse audiences are the most influential creators and consumers, but their communities are rarely represented as agency talent across the ladder. This is why agencies come to Bold Culture. We help brands and agencies understand and connect to the communities that are building culture. Want to know where to start? Contact us at info at boldculture.co or visit us at boldculture.co. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Well, we finally made it, guys. It is. We are right back here um, at Mixed Company. We are the final episode for the season. You got to pick up the mic. Anybody got to hold the mic. So we're finally here for the last episode of the season. It has been 12 months of amazingness and lots of fuckery. Um, And as you know, it is time for our amazing house party show. Um, Welcome. Somebody brought the Henny to the house party. Thank God. Listen, that's I'm looking. So for those of you um, that are wondering what makes this a house party, there's liquor on the table. Um, and I know I've discussed it before. Hennessy is just for people that don't make good decisions. Um, but Not today, true. it Not is true. true. Not true. It is true. Not true. Be- Hennessy is definitely I, for people that don't make my good decisions. My IG name is Cognac Jones. I'm gonna say that's and absolutely I take false. A, I take offense to that. That's fine. Because sometimes the truth hurts. Because because this was prom- not to use anything that the president would say, but promises made, promises kept. Yes. Is that what he said? Yeah, unfortunately. He, <laughs> he said that like in real life? He, that sounds so like prophetic. Yeah, right. I was, say it. I was like, there's no Reagan way. Yeah, really horrible people. Reagan wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like historically facts. Reagan. Hennessy will make you quote people that you don't really want to be aligned with. Let's just say okay. that. Okay. Oh, so it's already Case started. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's what makes it a house party. And we also have some of our favorite people here. Um, that's not just us. So obviously, you know, we've got the crew, Simeon, Karina, and myself. But we have some people that cussed us out a couple months ago about not having them on the show. So we decided, why not just put you? For real? Of course I cursed them out. It was literally like within two days. (laughs) Like It was within two days we got cussed out. And we're like, well, all right. Yeah. 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 But not in the same place, obviously, because two days apart. It was, it was, was here are all the black people. Here are all the black people. I cursed you out at the pre-party. Oh, damn. It was the same day and the same place. And you were like, why am I on the show? Like, (laughs) I mean, it was back to back. Oh, it's fine. Listen. I cursed you out again. Yes. The next day. Yes. I don't know if you're talking about just me or me and Kenny cursing you out back to You back. and Kenny cursed us out back to back on the same night. But you know what? It's fine. I grew up in a house where we got beatings all the time. I'm used to getting cussed out. It's fine. But I know it sounds to like take it. put it in his calendar, like, curse out, makes me why I'm not. That's how it felt. I said, I will at see them at. That's how it felt. It was more like eight. <laughs> Listen. I feel like I could see it in your G calendar right now. You want well, me to show you? It's right now. 
Well, listen, with that being said, I always expect, accept, expect and accept a constructive cuss out that leads to productivity. So Kenny and Carl, welcome to Mixed Company. Thank you. You're with the coolest kids. You're with the coolest kids on the agency, uh, the advertising block. We're pretty fucking cool. Wait, you're with the coolest kids? Oh. (laughs) We're with the. I mean, you know what? Y'all can have it. I wouldn't say we're the coolest kids. We're probably the kids that your parents don't want you to hang out with. I'm. I've always <laughs> been that kid. I've always been. That's, that's so you've been drinking Hennessy for how long? I'll tell you. I'll tell well, you. Funny. I've been it for this a very long time. you have been drinking <laughs> it for a long time. This was this. So we're like in between holidays. Like depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording post post Thanksgiving, pre Christmas, and obviously that means your parents bring up crazy stories. So obviously this was the Christmas everybody wanted to talk about the time Kai got sm- caught smoking weed because her friend's moms told her mo- told Sonia. Y'all know about Sonya. The Kai was selling drugs. I said, listen, <laughs> listen, I don't have time to be out here doing, doing extracurricular activities like that. Yes, I smoked it, but I did not sell it. <laughs> and that was the that was the joke of Thanksgiving this year. So, yeah, your mama don't want you hanging out with me. It's fine. So when your mom asked, how did you get it, then what did you say? She didn't even care. <laughs> she just said, my <laughs> child <laughs> sells drugs. That's all she repeated the whole night. <laughs> so it's fine, guys. It's fine. Well, welcome. Um, everybody doesn't know you guys like I know you guys. And also, uh, I want to be sensitive to what you may or may not want people to know about you guys. So if you don't mind giving like a small blurb about why, what brings you to the cool kids table? Well, <laughs> since who cursed you out first? Was it me or Carl? It might have been Carl. Oh, okay, so. All right. But I, you know what it was? I wasn't expecting you, Kenny, to cuss me out because I was like, I'm going to introduce myself to Kenny today. And he was like, yeah, on that show you never invited me on. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Bruh, nice to meet you too. Yeah, I kind of Joe Jackson that. <laughs> That's um, fine. But it, it was due because I stated my case, and we won't get into that. <laughs> well, you're here, damn it. Jim, I, st- damn. I stated my case, and we won't get into that. But, you know, I mean. It's a, Isn't this your second time on the show, though? Damn. Yeah, yeah it How is. Carl, you're not drinking enough. you like, this, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, you're doing a lot of judging and not a lot of drinking. <laughs> it is my second time on the show, uh, and it's good to be back. Um, oh, who am I? Yeah. I am Kenny Thacker, and I am a diversity advocate for an advertising agency that's, you know, going through a transition right now. So it's hard for me to say where, because right now I feel like I'm in like a, a Cassius Clay Muhammad Ali kind of thing. Like you know, my mom sounds like a your mama call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. You know, oh. I'm gonna call him Muhammad Ali. So like technically, like I feel like saying, you know those three letters where it's no more those three letters so but i'm a diversity i'm a diversity advocate that you know i just try to make good stuff to to give to provide exposure and opportunity to those least represented in um this industry and this is this is a fun episode to be on because i got my day one dude right here yeah who i started with in the trenches seven years ago seven years ago no no longer than that yeah, but before you left the forays, you started with me. That's more than seven years. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 bad. Hispanic. 
It's okay. <laughs> Make it better. <laughs> well, so. Speaking of, can somebody pass me so, a chaser? So needless to say, still speak. you know, it, it was it was really great to um, start with this guy. And, you know, we, we did some stuff. And then he left me. And he left me to do even greater things. So I'm going to pass it on to my brother. Yeah, so Carl, who are you since you were at the 487 years ago? Because clearly Kenny can't get it right. Kenny had too much Henny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Kenny had too much Henny. <laughs> you, should, you should put that on the shirt. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny had too much Henny. Hennessy volunteer shirt. Did, what? Yeah. A Hennessy volunteer. Okay, I'm sorry, Carl. You're all, it, it, <laughs> it was about seven years ago when I started at the 4As. Mm-hmm. So the JWT time was actually like maybe nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine years ago. Uh, but I'm Carl, Carl Jazeer. I currently work for RGA as their director of diversity and inclusion. But uh, anything I say on this podcast does not directly reflect any views, thoughts, opinions of RGA. That we can go ahead and we can put the disclaimer. <laughs> Listen, we can put the disclaimer <laughs> after the promo, <laughs> but before the yeah. show starts, we got you. Yes. All right. The, the, the main views, why I'm not drinking. We yes. should probably do yes. that forever. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed on this show do That's not it. reflect That's the it. agencies <laughs> that these men work at. Obviously, have to say a lot more than I Oh man, I'm so excited. Which is, I think I think that's that stands for all of us. <laughs> and also also because there's Hennessy on the table that everything that we express in this moment is liquor induced. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be real about the situation, I don't think it's liquor induced, but I don't think the liquor helps anybody. It doesn't. So, that's fine. Well, welcome guys to the welcome, show. Welcome. Um Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah, no, I was going to say, welcome guys to the show. So pretty much this is what we're going to do today, y'all. It was a lot of, like I said, it was a lot of fuckery this year and there were some good things, but we want to talk about it. We want to reflect as we do with every year. We want to make sure that we recognize uh, what we learned from the past, a.k.a. January, which lasted like seven freaking months if you lived in the East Coast. Um, We want to reflect on what was great and what we need to keep doing. Um, and some things we want to forget. So we're going to talk about the dope shit and the ain't shit of 2018. Um, I hope you guys are ready for that. I hope you like, do y'all even remember January? Nope. No, not really. I mean, it was a long ass year. A lot of shit went down this year. Really? I don't even feel that it went long. I just feel like January, it was Q1 and then Q2. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that's how I feel. (laughs) I think we've all been in shock for like the last since November 2016. Shocking news, like to me, watching Today Show and today, it, like today was when you're hearing this, was the memorial for George W. Bush Sr. And they opened with, This is the second year of um, our President Trump. And I was like, Wait, we're in the second year of Trumpism? Mm-hmm. That. We're midway. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I was like, What? We've been two years of this? Anyway, that's the ain't shit, so let's do dope shit. (laughs) (laughs) We've definitely been in two years of this shit. It probably feels like we've been in four. Every month is a whole year that goes by. Um, But there are better things to talk about, like the things that we sit at our desks for 14 hours a day discussing. Who sit for 14 hours a day at their desk? Uh, (laughs) People that work within the creative side. (laughs) 
enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I was like, that's cute, but yes, some of us do. Um, so let's just go ahead. Let's be let's let's start with the positive, right? We'll do the positivity sandwich if you ever went to a professional development class. Dope shit. I think my dope shit of the year happened to come after the longest fourth quarter, longest first quarter of the year. Um, and that is the 30th anniversary, obviously, of the uh, Just Do It campaign. Um, hashtag Dream Crazy. Um, as you guys know, uh, the I guess it's a call to action, but it's more like their time. Their tagline was "Ask if your dreams are crazy enough." Um, and if your life was going through Mercury's third retrograde the way mine was at the time that that shit came out. That really made you reconsider what you were living for. Some of you may have even quit your job a few weeks later. But, or maybe it was just me. But in general, I just felt that um, the Just Do It campaign had been like a staple of perseverance and integrity. Like, think about it. I'm 31, so that means that anything that I remember about Nike has always been just do it. Um, Just do it because I said so. Just do it because Michael did it. Whatever the hell the case was, everybody knew that if you wanted to achieve your goals or do as you're told, you needed to just do it. I also appreciated the apparent, the apparent, and I'm using quotation marks because we all work in the industry, so we know all of this is highly produced, but the apparent courage um, that both Nike and Wyden and Kennedy shared um, of even using Colin Kaepernick, who, as we know, is the symbol for... Uh, rebellion, if you will, in 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 our current culture, um, and the the almost anti-Trump. Would he be for me? He's the anti-Trump. Um, on the other end, and then basically him also saying yes to Nike because going against the grain and and being the person that stands for you know taking a stand against um society, taking a stand against the norm. If there's any company or any uh, organization in the world that probably, um, for me, represents capitalism and and cultural appropriation at times at its best, for me, it's Nike. Um, but somehow the two of them being on such different or opposite ends of a spectrum, um, they made a very emotional campaign. They made emotional ads. It was touching. It was political. It was defiant. Um, and it caused, you know, backlash. And I'm always here for people doing dumb shit on Twitter, Twitter like burning shoes on, while they're on their feet. You know, I'm <laughs> anything to get down. anything burning your house now. Anything to make me know that my life is not as bad as yours. I'm cool for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So it's that was my dope shit. That's dope. Like it's an important decision when you're under fire like that. Like I feel like every move you make is under scrutiny when you're when you are such in a limelight like he is. And the fact that to still do a marketing move, you know, not knowing. I don't know if he, if call in existence for him to have him on the show one day, but I don't know if he ever thought about, well, what's the You can't do away? that because then I'm just, mm, you can't do that. Why? Why can't I can't I have Colin Kaepernick in front of me. That then I'm going to ask him if I can braid his hair. Then I'm going to ask all kinds of inappropriate questions. <laughs> Are you married? Do you want to be? Like, it's Shoot just going to go man. left. I don't know. This might be a lovely, cute love story. <sighs> Your lips to God. That would be amazing. <laughs> Your Love lips found to on a podcast, God. then you have a whole other podcast. <laughs> about that. It would be so great. God would be so good, but I don't think that's where we at yet. So, but anyway, what about you guys? What did you guys think about the uh, uh, Dream Crazy campaign? I mean, I just thought it was dope because 
Colin, everything that Colin's done has pretty much come out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, he's the civil rights athlete. I mean, granted, other athletes have done this. Other athletes have done this in the past. In which right? way? Like, you know, with the Olympics. And I, cause I don't ask me to name those guys because of the Hennessy. Um, He's talking about the gentleman that won sec. What was it? Uh, first and third. Yeah, first and third. So mm-hmm. like this is mm-hmm. with the fist, y'all. Co- Colin, Col- so like those guys did it back then, but due to the fact that Colin did this in the age where technology and and marketing kind of meet together, the inter- the intersectionality of marketing and technology, it's the best time because it mm-hmm. just. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And then you do have the dumb people burning their season tickets and burning their clothes while they're on their bodies and recording it, which makes it even more dumber because yes. it's like, Nike, you already paid for the shoes, bruh. So, like, they got your money. And the tickets. You know. And everything. But, um, you know, go ahead so, and waste your money. But, but, I mean, but because of Colin, I don't watch the NFL anymore. Not that I was Same. ever a big sports really? guy anyway. Yeah, so I, I haven't I'm, been watching. So, you know, I don't do fantasy or watch the actual game. I don't even watch the Super Bowl anymore. I did watch the Super Bowl, but that's, you know, Philadelphia. It's just that mm, really? I ain't going to go there. But I, I didn't watch last season either. I You don't hear me constantly talking about how much I miss football. Really? I, I mean, I know how you love the sports. Like I be, I be trying to get, like, alerts on my phones and stuff. Yeah, I yes, mean, I enjoy the sports. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do. It's, but it's, it's, I, it's I, important. I've, I've totally written off football. Not that I was a sp- big sports guy, and I just went to my first NFL game maybe three years ago. See, I ain't even but, have that luxury. That's rich people stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I had I had to I was like, I can't. I can't. As long as he doesn't have a job, you're not getting any of my money. I mean, my dog has a Giants jersey and it's a bootleg Giants jersey. Because like <laughs> I'm not giving them any of my money. I'm just not. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just my principle. And I mean, and you know, love love to my wife, but She's had to accept that we don't watch football. And, and she's a huge Giants fan, but we don't watch football mm. in my house. And we I, I also agree you shouldn't be watching Giants games <laughs> in your house, by the way. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, like, I have so, so many different levels of respect for Colin Kaepernick and the people that do support him and the people that don't. It's like, you know. I say this all the time, like check your motherfucking privilege. Mm. You know, right at che- the dome. Che- check your motherfucking privilege, because even like today, and this is not an endorsement of George Bush Senior, because he's got some trash with him too. Yes, God. And I'm gonna say that. Um, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Lots, um, of tra- lots of trash. But uh, lots of trash, right? But even today at his funeral, forty-five. When everyone else was like, I think they were doing the Pledge of Allegiance or something like that, everyone had their hands on his on their hearts, like we did, you know, in elementary school, high school, junior high school. Forty five didn't even have his hand on his heart. So who's really the traitor here? Listen, I went to school. I know better. So like so, and, so and nobody's like, gonna really call that out. You know, it's gonna be no, 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 no one no one's gonna really call it out. But like you made such a big deal out of these gentlemen you know, kneeling for the thing, you don't even know when to put your hand on your heart when it's like the Pledge of Allegiance. So, like, you know, like, you're off your meds or whatever it is, 
He's never had meds. Oh, he's Could, on meds. He can't possibly. You can't be that Kennedy erratic. You can't Kennedy be that erratic and not and be on meds. Like the whole point of being on meds is because you're not erratic. That man crazy. That man is live and in living color so, crazy. Or you orange. Know, I mean, I really in like color. <laughs> Kaepernick gets all the props, and you know what Nike did. I thought was. It was a good gamble because it was a good gamble. Yeah. Rare, That's what I do appreciate. Brands make good gambles. Most of the time, they're bad gambles. Really bad ones. Um, so I, I thought it was a good gamble. Yeah, is there gonna be that quarter of the country that's doing the crazy stuff and you know burning their stuff or not buying Nike no more? Okay, go buy New Balance, go buy Reebok, go buy Puma. Go ahead. Knock what was the out. meme? They were like burning like the the Nike like the joints that you can buy at like. Foot act, not foot action. What's the famous footwear? Yeah. Famous footwear, Nike. Don't nobody want that. No way. You wasn't out here burning old Jordans. Go ahead and sit yeah. down somewhere. So like you know they can burn all that, but Jordans will still sell out every single Saturday. Every so and be on resale by the next hour. A- exactly. I mean, so. I think it was it was also an educated gamble because they knew their their base, right? Like so, black people and urban kids of color are the ones who are the ones who drive culture and drive fashion. So they, they knew what we were standing for. So I felt like that that move was was educated because it kind of shows what happens when you're listening and you're gathering the right insights from the people that you're trying to target. I don't think it was for the middle of America. I think they knew yeah. that those people were going. Yeah, they, I knew they, they, they knew that those people were going to turn up in some way, shape or form. But. Like if you're paying attention to Black Twitter, like that's that's who you want in your pocket, mm-hmm. and that's what they got. And the buying power of Black Twitter is just nuts. Exactly. Who else got some dope shit? Or Carl, what you guys say about Cat? No, I, I mean I agree with Simi, and it's I think it was a I respect Colin Kaepernick and everything that he does, and shout out to my wife who got me the the all black long sleeve joint. Didn't get one for herself, but got it for me. Oh, I know that's the love, right? That uh, is. But I agree with Sam. I think, you know, Nike, they're not dumb. Mm-hmm. They're not Whiten, dumb. Whiten, not dumb. Mm-hmm. Right? That was a very calculated, very calculated. risk. I'm not, I'm not going to say risk, uh, right? They did a, a they, I'm about to say, they did enough research they, they did and enough, enough research, analysis. They what they were doing, yeah. right? And well, they, Colleen they said that right. when she came. Yeah, like, there was a the lot right. of, like, pre-work yeah. that they're went into it. They're not going to just say, it. oh, we're just going to do this because we think it's right. So this ain't Kai's agency. <laughs> <laughs> well, my the spit my spirit is telling me that the ancestors would prefer we went this way. No, but Nike, Nike, I mean Nike, and, and I guess some respect for Biden as well. They both have a history of one standing up for what they believe in, mm-hmm. right, and making choices based on kind of you know good insights and good research. And I think this is another example of when those two came together, and you know. When everyone was like, oh, your stocks, you're not going to sell. They were just sitting there like, all right. That was definitely a stock market play. Like, you piss enough people off, you're actually going to drive the stock up. Um, look at right after the election. Like, the shit didn't go down. So, yep, that was my dope shit. Wh- wh- who else? Who else got some dope shit? There was more than just Nike. God, that, that was um, September. That was the week of Kai, by the way. That was, that was my birthday week. That was some dope <laughs> shit. That was some dope shit, yeah. Well, one thing I, I shared with with my little with with the mob, as I described to y'all the last podcast, the melanin mob. One thing I liked this year was something that the ad council did, even though shade a little shade to them because they do a little bit of work with the NRA. But um, they did um, they did a campaign about adopting kids that are not babies. 
Mm-hmm. And it was really, really cool. And and since a lot, pretty much all my all the ads that I'm involved with are always for nonprofit organizations, but to see, you know, is that on purpose? Yeah, pretty much Dope. on purpose. Um, just the way I'm positioned, with the way I position myself within the agency, like all the nonprofits that I that I work with are ones that I've pitched on my own. Mm. Um, but that's just the lane that I've been lucky to have created um, for myself. But to see an ad that's about not um, adopting babies, because everyone always wants to adopt a baby, but like adopting, you know, kids that are like teenagers and all that stuff, just like kind of telling that narrative, I thought was such, such a great job. And I mean, I don't know who did it, but props to you, but you know, not props on to whoever your comrades are that are working with the NRA. But you know, it's that's that's one of the things that made my year this year. Seeing that, and that just came out a couple months ago. It didn't come out like that long ago. But that's one of the things that I saw. I was like, there are some people like doing yeah. some good because sometimes I wish that I wish that PSAs were shot like Burger King commercials. <laughs> that's right, because people pay attention. Exactly. Fair, of course. Like I'm thinking about. Like the right? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I hope you don't mean like that, but I know what you mean. Like, there should be, you should be paying attention. There should be like a long process to get to whatever the human truth is and the strategy, and then building out a production around it. Um, I pre, I mean, I always appreciate when there are ads that tell stories that we don't think about, but are so much, so much more important. So like. I, in my family, like, we're known, not me, because y'all not can't take care of nobody. I am my child. But for the rest of the people in my family that do um, participate in fostering children, like, these are, like, teenagers. And if, if there's at any point in your life that you probably need to have a mentor, a mom, a somebody, a dad, a big brother, it is within your teenage years. Not to say that babies don't need it, but... For whatever reason, once you stop being cute, people think that you got it together. Go get your own damn cereal, you know, and somebody else should be making your cereal once you, you know, you're no longer two and three years old. So, I mean, I think that's also the case for like a case for diversity is to make sure that you're bringing in different voices into the industry to be able to tell those stories. Because like and we kind of posted this on the IG the other day, like. The underlying joke in advertising is that you need to be kind of wealthy to get into the business, which then kind of um, prohibits certain people from different backgrounds from entering in. So I think, you know, when you're when you are working to make the industry more diverse and inclusive, then you can get more of those stories that are not the common narrative that we're getting from, like, the typical people who are working in the business. Makes sense. All right. What you got, Carl? I know this is not a political podcast. Yes, it is. But. <laughs> yes. Yes, the hell it is. <laughs> but no, I think it is, this is, you know, there's a lot of kind of, depending on how you look at it, not so good stuff in politics. But I do think, myself included, I, my family, mom, siblings are very much into politics. I never really was until recently. And I, and I thank 2018 for that. And then I look at all the change that's happened in politics and that will hopefully start to counteract and at least check some of the kind of wild stuff that's happening right now. 
um, for me, that's probably, especially with a young daughter growing up in this world, you know, some, one of the things I'm just really happy to see is coming around. And it, it's terrible that it took swing the complete other way to make it, this happen, but I'm glad it's happening. You know, I think with politics, it, it goes up and down because of the way that the world reacts. I mean, this reaction of Republicanism, and I don't even want to say party, but like of the things that were enacted, we had eight years of such like great democratic, you know, behavior. I mean, and polit politics and just being bipartisan. I think it swung so like so severely, and it's just it's crazy how what things are being enacted. So hopefully it swings back. I don't. That's how I see things now with politics because it always goes up and down. Like when you see like the trends of presidencies and. So I'm glad that it is bringing people back into politics. I hope it continues to stay that way because now in these last two years, we know what's in stake and, and things have been enacted that is going to affect us for many years to come, depending how the next four years go. But I actually, yeah, I've, I'm a little more into politics now. I would say during the Obama years, I got a little comfortable about politics because I thought things were changing for the better. I think a lot of people got comfortable, which is – you know, why people weren't as engaged um, during well, during during the time that Obama was in office because there was this underlying narrative that we were like in this post-racial, really democratic society and everything was swinging in the right direction. And so a lot of people did get comfortable. And I think coming out of, you know, the 2016 election, it kind of brought us back to that moment where it was like maybe like 2004 where you had like the rock the vote and like diddy when they were like that whole little moment where politics was like pop culture mm -hmm. for a minute i feel like that's kind of where we are right now but then also at the same time i'm like watching a lot of nonprofits that are or social impact organizations that are working to get more young people into politics mm -hmm. um, to make sure that they're running for Congress, to make sure that they're um, involved in grassroots organizations because in order for like the change to kind of keep going in the right direction, like people need to stay motivated. They need to understand like it's not just like an election, election season um, campaign. Like it's something that needs to be ongoing whether it's at the congress level level or whether it's you know community politics but like it needs to be like an ongoing um action and i want to clarify like it's not because I, I i think i think everyone thinks that because it's a republican administration that that's what makes it a fucked up situation yeah, and like yeah. it's not about being republican in fact for those of us that are making that are in a certain tax break Actually, for those of us making more than $75,000 annually, no matter where you live, it generally behooves you to vote Republican because you do get access to more breaks. I think the issue is what we're experiencing now has nothing to do with party and everything to do with bias, mm -hmm. which is what no one is actually talking about. They're trying to and, – and I think the – that the Trump administration does a really good job of making it seem like these are party values when these have never been party values. Like even at the time when we thought 
you know, George Bush, second one, did not care about black people. Like, it was not even this bad. What's happening now is, yes, as a result of having, or in my opinion, as a result of having a, a black man at the highest seat or, uh, yeah, at the highest seat in, in, in politics in the United States, um, people got really mad at that. The same way those of us working at agencies. Sometimes people get mad at you just for being that you were the one to make it to your spot and ain't no way we gonna let this happen again because that's some bullshit. So it's not like party. It's more biased. It's about it's a lot of nasty people. It's a lot of people that just ha- are filled with hate. And I think that's what makes like politics these days so much more dope is because a lot of people are recognizing that. And if he can make it that far, then Alexandria Ocasio can make it that far as well. Just coming from a place of love. Your turn. Well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna piggyback on what you said. I think a lot of us did get a little comfortable, but during that time of that "quote unquote" comfort, there was a lot of white people that were uncomfortable. Right. And that, that yep. sense of being that uncomfort, if that's even a word, I discomfort? apologize. Discomfort. That could be it. Discomfort. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Kenny on the Henny. Kenny on the Henny. Kenny on the Henny. But that discomfort is what led to the masses going out to vote and whatever tricks they were pulling at the polls in North Carolina, Florida, other Child. states like that. But like, that, but, that, but that strong sense of discomfort, like, oh, for eight years we had this black president. What the fuck? You want to know what's crazy, though? Because I don't think they came out in numbers. And not to harp on it, I don't think they came out any differently than they have. I think what they did was they voted differently based on their bias and not based on party. And that's what that's what has changed. Quite similarly to the fact, though, the way a lot of us in the in 2000 and shit, what year? 2008, not a lot of us. I was an informed voter because I've always been into politics, uh. by the way. <laughs> But a lot of people did vote for Barack B just for just because he was black. And that's why there were record numbers of black people that came out to vote because they wanted to vote for him because he was black. And a lot of that 53 percent of white women that we saw that traditionally would have voted for a more liberal candidate voted along the lines of color which as i always say we we talk about color in every which way in our society without mentioning color kind of like that wilson that uh how fresh prince episode it's like oh he's so tall no auntie he's white and you can say that and we can discuss color instead of hiding it um and i think that that's what happened but you know election season is approaching y'all 2020 election season actually starts now if you haven't started to see the commercials so um, for those of you that were really shitty and didn't vote in the mid- midterms, get your life right and make sure that you pay attention uh, for the next 18 to 24 months. Well, someone <laughs> someone tweeted, you know, like who should be on the cover of Time magazine as like Time, like the, whoever is like person of the 53%. year. 53 percent. Well, I was like, I was like, well, if they can fit, if they can fit black women on the cover of Time because they're the ones that are pulling I mean, through these it. elections. Just get a picture of just a, sh- a shit ton of black women and put them on the cover of Time magazines because they're the ones that are turning around these elections. Amen. Not these, you know, 
oh, like some of these numbers of, of suburban white women voting for these horrible people are like staggering. Like the the percentage of white women that voted for like Ted Cruz and idiots like that. That like, I don't. It's, that it's, I cannot. It's staggering. Possibly it's, understand. it's staggering, and Ted it makes Cruz? you want us to grow up. Y'all don't even you know, really like Ted Cruz though, but you don't even. Like but him. but but they love him, and you they know, don't. They actually don't. They but just. We, I mean, don't it, like the, the change. I mean, and you know, y'all can hate hate tweet me or whatever but i mean it's the at Step- me son i feel like it's the stepford wives that are like pushing this goalpost over because like that's just how it is and they're giving him a mulligan whether it's whether it's 45 or ted cruz or mark rubio all these really are you know all these horrible there's a lot people of horrible that, people but, but some of them are even women saying like these oh horrible my god things yes and it's, it's I try to tell y'all don't cancel women out. And because because Carl has a daughter, I have a daughter. I had my daughter before he had a daughter, but we both have daughters. But re- I was somebody's daughter before <laughs> all of that. <laughs> he was he was at my daughter's first baby. What is the river baby. that is running deep right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course that makes you but, but the more bring, seasoned to bring father. My, to bring my point about being being fathers, being a father in this age, which you clearly know a lot about. Continue. So, it's so. I'm trying to bring it home about your podcast about dads. I'm trying to give them props here. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But like, but raising kids, period, just in this age, because unfortunately, like, this is not something I had to deal with being raised by a single mother. Like, my daughter knows more about politics at the age of eight than I did when I was. Like all I knew was Saturday. He must car- also all watch I knew CNN. was Saturday cartoons and motherfucking Star Wars. Like that's it. Like, like my daughter has a clear opinion of what the president is and how dumb he is. I get it. I mean, I was, I was watching the OJ trial like after school. Like that was like my favorite thing to do in the third grade. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just saying. You didn't pick that up. Don't worry. Um. Do you have something to say or you well, got I, I go can't, ahead. you know, I, I have limited father. Yeah. Knowledge. We know you don't know a lot about being a dad, but like, a dad. <laughs> but I just think it's like one of, one of maybe it's a, it's a, it's a, one of the dope things this year. It's probably more than just a year, but it is a fact picking backing off Kenny is that the kids growing up today are going to be so much more informed about so many issues that we are still just hearing about and learning about. You know, some of us well into our 60s, Kenny? Is that, no? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you brought Carl, that on yourself. That, that hangs on and continue. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but I think it's like, you know, to Kenny's point, I, I, I listened to my daughter talk about, you know, anything from race and ethnicity, sexuality, mm-hmm. sexual orientation. She has a much clearer grasp on it yeah. than... I mean, she's five. She'll be six in January. Right? Those are my favorites. I cannot imagine me at six having any grasp of these sort of issues, these topics. You know, so I, I think the future is going to be way different based on the fact that they are exposed to so much more than we, no matter what era you grew up in. Wherever you're exposed to. You know, from the 40s <laughs> to the 80s. Like, 40s to the whatever. 80s. Whatever. Pre-internet. <laughs> My bad, bro. I'm sorry. We are, we are pre-internet at this table. Everyone here is pre-internet. Yes. 
Yeah. We are. We are. All I cared was about Barbies when, when I was six. And I wanted a dream house, but I digress. Anyway, <laughs> I think the dope shit is piggybacking on what you said, Kenny, about black women. Um, yes, always. <laughs> yes, that is dope shit. From voting to Serena Williams talking, giving a light about her experience as a black woman, but also her experience as a black woman in the hospital giving labor that has spawned to other grassroots um, efforts to make sure that even if you go to these the world's best hospitals, that you still have to be your own advocate. Um, we heard about Judge Hatchett's daughter-in-law who died, and she was in a world best world's best hospital because she wasn't getting enough care. Um, we're talking about marketing. We're talking about Beyonce and her at Coachella this year. Like, yes, God, <laughs> Amen, God, Jesus. <laughs> So good. And and Blue Ivy, too. Young black woman, basically. She's still a girl. <laughs> She's not she, even, like, really into, like, LM. You could call her a girl. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, she's, like, in, like, kindergarten. She's she like, I think she's about to turn <laughs> six. She's like, a girl. She's a girl. She's a girl. She's a billion, young girl. She might be five or six. <laughs> she ain't four. That girl is, yeah, like, seven six. foot tall. She might, I think she's, she's six. So <laughs> she might be six. I think six or seven. She's six. I, don't, I think she looks seven, but she might be like six. No shade, but like I, from she young talk women, it. like you know Yara Shahidi. Like it's been mm-hmm. a year of just all these awesome presents from Black women, and the change that they're making through all industries has been awesome to see them highlighted and spotlighted this year. To see us highlighted and spotlighted, yeah. quite frankly. Oh yeah, sorry. I was like, let's. <laughs> As I talk in the third person, I'm black, everyone. We were there, too. (laughs) We were there, too. It's fine. It's fine. No worries. Shout out to me. Yeah. As I say every episode. But even even calling it out, because I think the only difference that I I, I felt, because a lot of people are like, oh, are you seeing a change in in the conversation, in the race conversation of DNI? I'm not seeing a change in the conversation. What I am seeing, though, is a lot more people acknowledging black women, just just acknowledging. And I don't think that just acknowledging us has changed, so I won't pat anybody on the back for quoting Beyonce or for publishing an article about Serena Williams. But I do see more of our our voices um, being included. Mm -hmm. Now, what will... Uh, be the tell-all for that is after hearing our voices, what do you do with that information? Because I don't want you to just have me as a talking head on TV. Very true. Yes, your girl's real cute, and sometimes the, my face is done real good, but what are you doing with the information that I'm giving you? Because it's important, it's valid, it's root- rooted in experience and in research, and it's meant to be included and, and sewn into the full fabric of the narrative of this country. Um, so it has been a big year for us and also outside of entertainment because that's usually where you see black women. Oh, you know, it's she's a singer or she's a dancer. And now it's like, no, she's a politician. No, she's a doctor. No, she's a lawyer. No, she's a marketing exec. I think I don't think people understand, regardless of, of how you feel ab- about um, Homegirl being over at Endeavor. But the idea of having a woman like a Bozema St. John um, at the forefront of, of the marketing umbrella mm-hmm. and being that revered woman and also there being so many other women, not not even necessarily just in the HR or a DNI space, but just like within the discipline of 
being a thought leader and being a change agent and also being very educated and also being very strategic, um, not necessarily being a strategist. I think that has been amazing to see as well from black women that were so well-rounded and so well-cultured and quite frankly, so well-educated because we had nothing else to work with, like that's been empowering to see this year. And even giving homage to black women who are thought leaders in the past that weren't highly like Catherine P. Johnson. Oh, like, Jesus. Like women who have made changes and they were never given their dues, even though it took. I mean, 90, I'm ready for this Shirley years. Chisholm uh, doc that's about yeah, to come out. Viola. Well, not doc, it's a biopic. Mm. That's what I want to see. Well, and I guess this is off of dope shit onto like foul shit. Arnetta coming in here. You know that she's our venue our sponsor, so she's coming in here to <laughs> okay. also take part in the Hennessy. It, yeah, uh, she's live welcome. studio audience. She's welcome to yes. the Henny. Come on and get this um, Hennessy massage. But kind of <laughs> on the on the on the on the flip side of that coin of dope shit, I think one of one of my many qualms um, this year is that agencies they're on the slow boat to kind of recognize their thought leaders of color. Oh yes. And that really, 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 really ticks me off because, like, I think especially everyone in this room has, has proven themselves on one time, on more than one time of being um, thought leaders and have been doing dope stuff for a minute, for a long time. But, and, and that's where my cursing you out came from hey listen I, as a, as a woman of color whose family comes from outside the united states because, i knew that was love yeah well because that because because that but that's where it came from because like that that certain individual had definitely that doesn't have as much time in the game as i do doing mm -hmm. doing this doing this per se oh this was shade okay do, <laughs> oh doing, i wasn't ready this was shade okay. doing the this per se but deep. like for instance but it, it wasn't even a matter of you all having that conversation with him because you know they put him in that position that you guys picked up on the radar Carl's like shifting in his seat, and I'm dying over here. <laughs> I'm about to go back, go back through the episodes and try you to gotta find out. You gotta go back through what? the episodes. You gotta, you gotta go. You gotta start real early. So, yeah. Like for instance, that's I think where, and you know, I mean, like it's all love now, but like when it when it when it originally happened, I was like, but it was even before that. Honestly, it was even before that because it wasn't even him. That person, sorry, being on this podcast it was kind of like the pedestal that this person was put on and i had to have a conversation with that person to kind of break it down post or pre <laughs> post pre, um no pre mixed company so ah, in between okay. after that conference and before mixed company me and this person had a conversation because like there was like a share back about that conference and uh -huh. that person everyone was had a share back about and, that and that person was trying to lead this conversation about diversity and i was like bruh i was like you can't control this narrative i was like because the first thing people see about you unfortunately is not your condition it's Henny on the Kenny. Kenny, Kenny on the Henny. It's it's that you know you're a senior that you're a senior that you're a senior that you're a senior male right within the organization, 
and that your dollar is 82 is 82 cents to the white woman like like 60 mm-hmm. something you know, I, I don't have all the numbers correctly but right you know so they see how much more you make than them right but you're trying to talk about inequality and it doesn't work that way yeah i mean i think <laughs> that's what i said i was like so i had too many thoughts go ahead no, no, go I, ahead I, go I, ahead I, go I ahead i mean i think i think you make a great point where it's like there does need there does need to be more acknowledgement of people of color who have been thought leaders in the industry. But I think it needs to go beyond the acknowledgement um, and needs to extend to dollars and checks. Amen. Because there are a lot of people who are making money off of DNI um, who are in not of color in a way and, and not not to shit on them and say that they're not allies or advocates or whatever, but there are a lot of people of color doing the work and not getting paid for it and agencies are getting the recognition. Um, and so if if you are going to start acknowledging, putting value to these thought leaders, then it shouldn't just be um, a pat on the back and a cookie um, because a lot of this shit is trauma. Like, let's be, be real. Like, you have to, like, relive fucked up shit to get to a place of wanting to create a solution that is going to benefit the masses. So if people are putting their 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 mental health on the line and and sitting down and coming up with strategies and and you know brainstorming about ways to make the industry better for everyone, not just people of color, then acknowledgement should come, but also money. Go ahead, Carl. No, go ahead cuz I I mean, well go ahead. I really think you should go first because I have a standing question. So you should oh, go first. I was just going to say, I mean, I think a great example of that that we don't typically often see in this industry is what happened with Goddess this year. Shout out to the homie. Right? Goddess, Goddess Always just and forever. The glow up. The corporate glow up. And that's not even a glow up. That's just something that has been deserved. If we yeah. like, that's, she was that, on that, the that, show. That's, that's, that, is, that is my point right there because she – she was a thought leader yep. with that with a little black Twitter presentation, which, right, which, no, I'm not gonna say nobody, but people took notice of. But then when the time came time for her to get, you know, what she deserved, it came from outside our industry. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know her contract, but it's Twitter, so. It, it, it doesn't even matter what it is, right? We recognize, and you recognize that when you come with a natural resource, such as your thought leadership, the same way people like to talk about this diversity of thought. Well, if you have this amazing gold of thought leadership within your organization and you commodify it in a way where it's like, oh, we're going to, you know, this is what we stand for, this is what we talk about and you still can't retain that resource, that's on you. And that's not saying anything. We don't, I, 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 I don't know what went on with that situation because I got to go on the record and say that. But I do want to say, it should be, like, there's no way, there's no reason that if you're bringing that much value to an organization that that organization do, does not do what is within their power or within their budget and or within their budget to keep you. And I'm not saying, by no means am I saying that it was a, a money issue because I don't know, but I do know that it should have it should have felt like a bigger battle. It should have, I mean, because it's not always about the money. 
right? You do need to get paid what you're worth. Right. But a lot of it comes down to also opportunities, right? And I think when you think about it, there maybe there are bigger opportunities outside advertising for some people. It's for a lot right? of people. For a lot of people. And there shouldn't be because it's the same right. it's the same money just being sloshed back and forth. It's, that's so it's just being allocated in a way that's unfair. Exactly. And if agencies aren't ready to tip that balance back, we're going to keep, as an industry, losing Absolutely. these thought leaders, these talents to places that maybe, maybe don't even pay them more, mm-hmm. but give them the opportunities to stand up on that stage, to yep. have an impact in ways that they couldn't, for whatever reason, at their agency. I mean, the, I think the opportunities, pointing that out is like a really – that's a that's a great point because when we talk to a lot of people of color yes we talk about money and the and not getting paid as much but one of the recurring themes is that people aren't getting the opportunities to showcase what it is that they can do which then leads to opportunities for growth and opportunities for development um so making sure that people are getting those opportunities to to bring their their POVs and their perspectives and their thoughts to the masses is going to be key if we are going to stop the hemorrhaging of of talent of color that's currently like bouncing at crazy rates. But I have to give props to and just to piggyback off of everything that everybody said because we're was that about, your ain't shit? I just wanted to clarify huh? so that no was no that, no we're we're off that because I feel like that was ain't that was the ain't shit that was the start yeah. of the ain't shit segment. Oh man. Kenny said it's y'all agencies. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, what he yes, said. Because <laughs> the because of the disclaimer earlier. But I have to give props to VML for giving her the platform to do that. Because honestly, I haven't seen any other place giving her giving anyone like that platform to say what's on their heart, but also back it up with data and just overall great smarts, right? And, you know, I got to give it up to VML. So My spirit just stirred, you know. but I mean, okay. I, I mean, I think, I think it goes back to calculated risk, right? Yeah. So, you know, agencies aren't stupid um, for the most part. Um, and so I think that she hit on um, an opportunity or, or an insight that people recognized was, was needed. And so they, they gave it a platform. Um, but on that note, I'm I'm gonna jump into my dope shit because we're like going crazy on time. But like, okay, my, no, no, no. My my dope shit is basically a fishbowl because I've been using it mm-hmm. all year like a motherfucker. Um, and the reason is is because and why it's my dope shit. Um, I feel like they're giving opportunities to people who are often left out of the greater DNI conversations or conversations about things that are going on in this industry. A platform to speak talk their shit um which is kind of why we started this this podcast because we felt like a lot of point of views were being were missing from the conversation um you want to keep it going yeah keep going oh yeah um so, zero yeah, fucks I felt like given right now <laughs> zero fucks given um, by the cleveland lady like a lot of a lot of point of views are, are missing from the conversation from dni as as a whole like the people who end up making it onto stage are usually the people who've had some sort of success and they often don't talk about the the they often candid don't talk candidly about the road that they had to take and the shit that they had to go through to get to that success. And so I feel like 
um, Fishbowl is kind of leveling the playing field a little bit. And I know that agencies are creeping in the Fishbowl bowls and, and watching what their employees are saying. As the hell they should be. Um, so it's it's really, it's giving people of color and everyone who may be hesitant to go into an HR and talk about what it is that they're really experiencing an opportunity to really talk to the people who are making these DNI initiatives and making policies and making um, rules within these agencies to get like raw insights to make shit happen that that works, or in some cases like with Havaz, like prove that they ain't shit, right? So like the dude from Havaz, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Peterson, who basically printed out all the fishbowl comments and put it on the wall and was. You know, and put it there with. I just thought that was like the most like. It was petty and shady. It was, it was, it was very white man. That's what I like expect. That's what I expect from a a white man in power who is not a leader, but a A boss. boss. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to show you. Mm, don't say that thing in your head. I'm going to show you who's got the bigger ego. We'll say that. And that's what that was. And quite frankly, if you want to be for real about it, he ain't start being like that this year. Nope. Like over the course of years, if you look at Fishbowl, because Fishbowl ain't been around just starting this year either. I think they started last year, I think. No. Fishbowl has been around for a minute. Oh, my bad. I'm late. I'm sorry. For a minute. <laughs> and his name has popped up more than just 2018. So that's cute. Oh, you mad? You mad? Where's Cameron? You mad, son? You mad? Like, that's how, that is exactly what I expect from a person of his caliber. Period. For Fishbowl, Fishbowl was actually one of my predictions that it's taken a more um, professional take to it. Because I tried to stay away from Fishbowl when it first came out. I was on that shit. Creeping. Creeping. I want to see all the tea. (laughs) I had time. But the different bowls are there's the DNI bowl, there's a now a Times Up bowl, there's this bowl, there's that that bowl has become halfway resource, halfway you know for your career, but halfway resource for agencies to look in and see the real deal. I mean, it's I see it more taking a more professional take and and um, and point of view because it used to be just the digital agency spy. Yeah. That was the agency spy app, right. basically. And that's where I used to go get tea. <laughs> <laughs> and it was always good. I mean, the whole the anonymous platform, like Fishbowl, you don't have to be anonymous on Fishbowl. Not yeah. any. I think Not before anymore. you used to be. You, you know, used I mean, to I'm have to be. More recently. Yeah. Because yeah. there, are, there are people I've seen with their full government name up there that I'm like. Right. I feel like, Sammy, you tried you? to add me. <laughs> I feel like you tried to add you? my whole government. I'm like, uh, 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 I got a profile on here i don't need you <laughs> to bring me into this i've been here creeping that's I, it i think well i agree i think these anonymous platforms like fishbowl give a voice to the traditionally voiceless right when an organization looks at that if they can't pinpoint something not someone but something then it's just it's like this voice in the sky it's harder for them to actually they get super defensive about it right mm-hmm. because yes they, they get defensive and angry just like some people and, and overreact. There has to be some. Ba- I do like. I do think that Fishbowl is becoming more pers- uh, professional, and I like that about it. It's kind of taking a slow turn to kind of 
they brought some grown-ups into the business is what yeah, they did to be a place <laughs> where discussions not just gossip can happen right and i, I come from right. the era of juicy campus so i, I was here for it a place for both but i think the more that it can shift to that the more powerful of a tool it can actually become to push a lot of those voices out into the world I agree. and i think that's fair i also think like on the real shit even though shout out to juicy campus definitely made it onto a couple juicy of their campus threads ruined lives. especially when people got defensive i didn't do that but like, i think i think that was about <laughs> was to you. that was about <laughs> to be my point like the <laughs> idea of getting defensive because people are speaking in their most most authentic way whether it does come across disrespectful or not is why we started the the podcast our whole entire platform is saying all the things somebody else wouldn't right and i think the problem is instead of if you approach uh an anonymous platform like a diet madison app shout out to them that was also a, a thing in 2018 or a fishbowl with anonymous posts that tell all your business which is probably true because i mean bruh if you approach it in a way where it's like I'm going to get defensive and I can't believe somebody would say that without that just shows your level of maturity. So I don't necessarily think that the platform should shift to accommodate other people's lack of self-awareness. I think what should happen is how people or agencies and organizations should approach it is recognizing before you enter this app, you're going to see some shit you don't want to see. You're going to read some things you don't want to read. You're going to know some things you didn't want to know. But the goal is to take all of that and turn it into something that is productive. So if people are talking about an account director sleeping with somebody, 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 and somebody, what you take from that is not that they're sleeping around. What you take from that is that, hey, they might have inappropriate relationships in general, and that might be something we need to look at. So I don't think it's something to get defensive about. But also, I'm also coming from a very sensitive place these days where I don't think that it is necessary for employees to shift what they're doing and how they're approaching their organizations anymore, but rather leadership within organizations to reapproach how they respond and respect the people that work there. So, like, I get what you're saying, but, like, for me, always being the boots on the ground is kind of like, Man the fuck up. You'll tell me to stay here till 4 o'clock in the morning to work on some shit and then tell me that that shit wasn't shit, but yet still you get defensive reading an anonymous message board about some shit that you may or may not have done. You know? Like, I feel like I feel like there has to be some give and take there. Feedback is the breakfast of champions, everybody. Yeah. Or just keep being whack. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. Well, I was kind of blown away due to the fact that the great stuff like Working While Black that came out of there. Mm. So like yeah. for this to be the same place, I mm -hmm. was like. But we know, or no, we don't know people. So I have seen people that even talked about that. Like the team that worked on that, I think they're amazing. But recognizing that there are people that have worked on that, that that came from a real place that came from an experience they had at the agency. Mm. It wasn't like, Oh, I came to, 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 I came here and all of a sudden my life changed. So let me talk about what happened elsewhere. It's that is a manifestation of a real experience that employees had at that agency. Wh what they did with it was completely productive. 
but let 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 it not be lost on us that it is that it only happened because that is how somebody felt there. Which, which then goes true. back to Kenny's point about like making sure that we're acknowledging like these thought leaders because you have to relive that shit. Like you have to relive like and anybody who's at three percent who walked through the working while black um, installation there. Like yeah, you're walking through and going, yo, this is dope because they're they're retelling these these stories that a lot of us have experienced. But then when you're looking at it and reflecting on it later, it's like, yo, if you lift that shit, like you're going into work going, yo, fuck this place. Like, I feel less than. Like you don't recognize me, you don't acknowledge me in the way that I in in the way that you should. So it's I think it's 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 layered, but I. I think this also goes to the point of, you know, when a lot of people who are from privileged groups, um, when they're when they decide that they want to do better, that they go and they ask you, how should I do better? Like, how should I help? Um, like the white woman in, in the Malcolm X movie, right? I think this... You're so welcome. <laughs> You're so... I just want y'all to know I put Simeon onto that scene in Malcolm X and that everybody should always watch it. Yeah. I, I think this, like, fishbowl gives you an opportunity to not have to go up to your black coworkers and ask, how can I help? Your black coworkers can go and they can write whatever it is that they need to write so that you can start to get a better understanding of what's going wrong. And then you can take initiative by yourself to then go and do the research that you need to do and read the books that you need to re- read to figure out how it is that you can be productive and be an ally to make sure that the shit doesn't happen again. I want to be careful with that because I don't necessarily want people to just start changing shit because of what they read on an app. No, not necessarily changing what they read be- because of an app. I think that there that there's some ignorance and some of it is willful and then some of it is also because you think that you're friends with somebody of color and you're not really friends with them because they would never tell you what they're really going through. Fair. And so this is an app where Fair. they can say exactly what it is that they're going through. And whether whether that's valid or they're going on there to talk shit, but you now have a different perspective of the place that you work in. It is a good before. place to go be known to. Let's move into to ain't shit, which I feel like we kind of did. Like, what well, ain't dope shit just kind of merged into ain't shit. That is what 2018 has been like. They've, Waves. It's Waves. something. <laughs> something. Um, who I shouldn't have to start. You should go, Carl, because I feel yeah, like you I got things go. to do, like with your real life. <laughs> this is real life, oh. but I do have to go. Because <laughs> 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 unlike Kenny, I'm a terrible father, and I have to run home. And I t- he didn't say you were terrible. He said that you are a novice. Oh, I'm a novice father, so I don't know what I'm doing. So I gotta go home to my daughter and just figure out life. What have you been doing wrong? What can you do better? That's, she's gonna tell me. That's that's the kind of daughter she is. Amen. She's gonna tell me. Uh, before I do go, I do wanna. I have a lot more to say. I can't say it now, but I do wanna give a shout out as one of the dope stuff that's been happening is. Um, where are the boss ladies? Mm-hmm. That was a great yep. platform because every time I like, there's over a thousand like women leaders on there. I look, the women of color is increasing, increasing every time I go on there, and you know to being you know for six years at the four a's where i heard a lot of i can't find them Mm. it's just the platforms places where it just makes it easy 
are, I think, you know, it's, it's one of the many ways that, you know, just disprove everyone's point that we can't, they're not out there, you can't find them, no talent. So I just wanted to say that. They have been. And amazing. I'll record some stuff on my way home and I'll just send it to you. You could like edit it in. All right, bet. The podcast. Bet. Um, but I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for here. coming. Um, thank you for being such a good new father to the world. We yes. like really appreciate everything that you provide. Your con- contribution. To oh, wait. <laughs> I just forgot about something that I think is probably high up there. Oh. Because we're still doing dope, right? I thought we had moved, but can like we, can we just, at we this just, can point, I, can I just shout yeah. out um, the because of them we can boxes subscription boxes to Black Excellence and History. Y'all know about this? McCann? No, because of them oh, we because can. of them we can with you un- with Unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I think that is amazing. It is. I uh, got, I got the subscription for my goddaughter. I got one for me, one for my daughter. No, I just got one for my daughter. But I think that again is one of dope things that happened this year shout out to them they've been doing good work for a couple years now i'm not gonna lie somebody bought her a doll with like blonde hair and blue eyes and i like side-eyed the shit out of them (laughs) (laughs) that's cute however thank you thank you all again yes my poorly daughter awaits Carl, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think we're gonna try to get through. We'll try to do like a speed round of some some okay. some ain't shit. Um, or I'll just skip because I feel like my ain't shit is gonna tie into somebody else's ain't shit. So somebody else talk about the ain't shit. Kenny, I mean, be I careful. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you should um, be careful. Yeah, I should be careful. Yeah. Or maybe not. I mean, Kenny's on the henny. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's been so many, but it's almost like. With the 600 plus days of just where the country is politically, like I had to do some math, child. 2018 has just been a carbon copy of 2017, right? So, like, every day, you know, things politically are just weird. But then, on on the ad industry side, like I feel like whatever lessons, whatever whatever mishaps that were made in 2017 were made in 2018. Like you industry, know, industry, yeah, wise. industry wise, like, you know, just bad creative, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't I don't need to give the laundry list of just like really bad ads or racist ads that were made. Mm. So, like, I feel like, you know, we continue to be tripping over our shoelaces every single year, um, even with, you know, great things that have been happening with people that we know or people that we don't know, we just heard of that were doing great things. Still, the industry s- continues to trip over its shoelaces and do disrespectful shit constantly. So, like, next year, am I optimistic? No, I'm not. But will I? Will I be quiet? No, I won't. Mm. Because that's what kind of fuels me to be like the person that I am to continue to create the programs that I am, but also to educate the generation that I'm working with that this is not how you make ads. Or this is not how the industry should be too. Exactly. Right? Um, and, I, and I think that's, I think that's a great point because there, there is this idea that there's been progress and a lot of people aren't, um, I, th- I think the idea 
yes, there has been progress because there are more people of color in the industry than there were in the 60s. But that progress shouldn't be a distraction from the work that need, that still needs to be done. And I feel like that's, in, in a lot of ways, that's what's, that's what's happening, is that the little progress that's been made has been, people are putting it on a pedestal and it's saying, well, you know, it's kind of a little bit of that Obama effect, like we're, we're good, we don't need to go as hard as we used to, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done from on, on every level. So there was that article that came out the other day. I think it was an ad age or ad week. And Carl was in it. We should yeah. talk about that while he oh, was yeah. here. Uh, that, that, that's an absolutely Damn great it, article. Um, Carl, uh, just, I mean, due to the fact that, you know, they're all our friends. I'm um, saying right. all this stuff. But I mean, so, some of the numbers, like some, some of, some of the figures that were given in that article are numbers that I didn't even have. Mm-hmm. But so like it was, it was what a great numbers article. were you what numbers are you talking about? Like, you gotta you gotta go back and we but yeah like 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 the, the percentage article. of people of color that are like clerical staff in comparison oh, okay, to okay, like okay, the, right, the percentage right, of, yeah. of numbers of people of color that are on the creative side or even account side. Like it's it's higher on the clerical side. It's but it's always the, been that's not right, new because yeah, right. that's, yeah, that's nothing new. Let let us not forget that in nineteen what sixty three there was that whole lawsuit by the NAACP that mm-hmm. in advertising there were. Same thing. Well, we have all these people of color, but they're admins. And not to say that there's anything wrong with admins, but they're not working on the creative work. So that's not new. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with it, but also to that point, a lot of people of color take those admin jobs with the hope of being able to transition onto the side of working on the creative. That's just not and, how it works anymore. And that shit does not work. Shout out to the um, Jamie Foxx show. Yes. <laughs> Jingles. That Jingles. was the name of the spot. I just, I just also want to be, be very clear that... Uh, uh, Kenny brought in uh, a good ass bottle of Hennessy. And it's, well, it's almost done. Um, so we're stutter- If you hear us stuttering um, and tripping over our words, it's Kenny's fault. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's that should be the ancient. You know what? I'm just gonna piggyback off of that and say that's my ancient too. Is that the idea of you know um, because I've been working on my initiative all year and going around and talking to different agencies, this idea of people saying that it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, it's not on the gender side. Like, let's be clear. There's progress. It's just not for right. Re- and we need to also be clear about that because we've never had the opportunity to be clear about what kind of diversity and inclusion that we're looking for. Amen. When we say, yeah, there's things definitely look better. It's because there are more white women in executive leadership there has always been a lot more white women in middle management when you you yourself talk about when you come into the offices you have always seen more women let's be clear the change is just not happening for race even though that conversation happened in the late 1800s and so yeah and and you're right and i think that's and i and i said it on the show during the year and i don't remember when but about there being some sort of a diversity reset and I don't necessarily mean resetting all the way back to the beginning I mean really articulating what the goals are and what the KPIs are because it's you cannot solve for a problem that isn't articulated and I'm trying to find words and I can't because of the Hennessy but you really need you're welcome if, if, <laughs> appreciate you. if, if you're go- doing a good Lord's work right like if you're going to solve a problem you need to articulate what it is like if you if you call a handyman you don't just say come into my house and fix some shit you say the water's leaking here this is what you need to fix and he still and won't s- fix it 
Sorry, cats, I cats, just cats. had some issues. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to trigger you. Um, and so I, I think when it comes to especially racial diversity, that people really need to articulate what the problem is. And that starts with acknowledging how many people of color are at your agency, which nobody wants to do. Um, and so I think there's this year ain't shit. And regardless of all the dope shit that's happened around diversity and inclusion, it ain't shit because people are are using this. And I'll, I'll put it like this. My parents are immigrants. And I remember coming home with like a B plus and asking for extra money on my actually asking for an allowance because I got the B plus. Did you get it, money for your grade I before? Did not. And my, so my, you was just not using it. So, so what my parents said was, you're not going to get money for doing the bare basics of what, what it is that we expect of you. Absolutely. And I think that's the same thing that needs to happen with diversity and inclusion is just because you have one or two people that you could put on the totem pole and tout them around the industry and say, look at what we've, look at what we've done to Kai's article where they said we have diversity because we have a Kai. You should not get cookies. That wasn't in my article. That was just in that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm drunk. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, that happened. Like you should not get cookies and you should not get pats on the back for doing the bare basics. And the bare basic is getting people through the door, and you don't even have enough people through the door. The next level is making sure that you're paying them fairly, making sure that they're getting the same um, amount of opportunities to as their white counterparts for development and growth. And that's where like all of this shit is so you know what the whole industry gets the ain't shit from me i'm sorry well because i'm sorry i'm so, i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but i i feel and i i completely agree 100 because like we are not your seat fillers we are not someone to put on your pamphlet for your for your you know like the colleges like you visited like you see all this diversity on thing but like you go you actually take the tour and like you deep you do a deep dive into the school and you're like okay where's that fine girl from the flyer she's not there um, <laughs> facts, right? You right. I quit. Damn facts, it, I right? quit. Like, like she gra- she graduated last year or two years ago. Um, but like I feel like we we are not your seat fillers. We are not you know your 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 quota fillers. Like we are actually talented people with like mind, hearts, and bodies. Mm-hmm. So like let's figure out the right thing to do by these people because. I run across, and I mean, and Carl could probably attest to it if he was here, but like we run across so many talented, hungry, and determined young people that want to be in this industry. But I, on, I can only speak for myself, but I know with the work that I do, I can only take them so far. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to that to that article that we're mentioning earlier because like I can feel I can only take them so far, but. I can honestly sit here because it's all love and family here. I can't say I can't get you to the C. I can't get you to the C suite. Mm. I can't. You can't get them to the So, I sometimes I feel like even though I'm doing the best that I can, my hands are still tied. Mm. I feel like that's a whole other conversation. But I'm gonna ask you why off, off, off air. Because in my mind. In my mind, what we don't do, like, we always discuss, like, oh, DNI programs, we're going to get us some interns. Oh, there are like two more black women on the Forbes C suite list. What do you mean? Like, it's so, but nobody ever talks about, like, most people opt out at the mid level 
And nobody talks about that battle between yourself as a mid-level employee versus whoever your manager is that is that literally has your career in their hand to promote you or not to promote you. But also, so like I'm assuming is that your career just in their hand though, because it's one thing Sorry. to have your career in your hand and then do this. It's 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 it goes back to your boss and leader yeah. thing, yeah. right? You're right. You're right. You're right. We have a we have a another another another. It's a whole house. See what happens when you bring Hennessy. You see what happens when you bring Hennessy to the table. People just start showing up. And sh- that means I'm gonna be on this show like every single week. <laughs> 2018, I'm gonna be a co-host. 2019, <laughs> bro. 2018, 2019. over. Ma'am, so you gotta introduce yourself. You you could do so a middle name. I'll what they call you in the streets? Okay. <laughs> what they call you in the streets? Come on home. Well, you guys already know me. They've already Charlie. said my name earlier in the podcast. We did. I'm um, Hi, but girl. when do we start holding ourselves accountable to where we want to go? Right? What do you mean? Meaning, yeah, we're at mid-level, but when do we see or take that opportunity to go to the next level and talk to somebody else outside of our managers, outside of mm. our immediate supervisors to be like, okay, so what else do I need to do? Or, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I saw that you did this. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know more about what it is that you're doing, and would you like to mentor me? Um, you know, I got strong feelings about that. I think it's fair, but, like, I, like yes, I think that's a part of it. I think that is definitely a part of the process. Even with doing that, though, and seeking out mentorship, that mentor or sponsor, depending on what you're looking for, they have to open – somebody has to open the door for you unless it is your establishment. There is literally nothing for me, and let me know if you feel differently. There's literally nothing I can do to get somebody to consider me a more senior at a more senior level until somebody considers me as a, at a more senior level. Now, I'm not saying just sitting here waiting and checking off boxes and, you know, well, I came to work and it's been six months. And we had my review. I'm yeah, saying, a lot of like, us just do that. Fair. That's not okay. You doing that? You, so you're I, not I, trying all the doors. I think that's a real interesting question. So when when I was starting in advertising, I was going to a lot of DNI panels where they talked about that, right? So taking the initiative to go and seek mentorship and seek sponsorship, um, ask for critical feedback, um, the things that other people have done in this, and mostly older people of color have done in this industry to get to the next level. And so I can speak for myself and I can speak for the agencies that I've worked at where we've, where we've, we've done that, right? And we've gone and said, hey, look, this is mentorship, sponsorship, all those things. The, the issue is that I think it works on an individual case-by-case basis for the majority of people of color um, because a lot of us are doing those things. Like we are looking for the sponsors, we're looking for the mentors within our industry, within our agency, but if there's a systemic issue within that, ag- within that agency, there's a systemic issue within that agency, right? And, and no, matter, no matter who you talk to, and so one agency that I went in, I remember going and speaking to the global head of HR and saying, this, these are all the things that I'm experiencing. And him saying, no, nah, I don't think that's the case. So then I had to go and get 
three other black people to come into the into a meeting with me to say these are all the things that all of us are experiencing they're all the same things now it's oh okay maybe we have a problem but then it takes but then the onus is then placed back on people of color going back to kenny's point about acknowledging thought leaders well what do you think we should do Motherfucker, what do you what do you think you should do? Because really, in in and this goes back to this leadership shit, where it's just like, I think a lot of us, and especially older millennials who are black, who have immigrant parents, <laughs> if you if you're an '80s millennial, like you you teeter this line of accountability and cookies for participation, right? You you. Depending on where you, depending on where you are, you, you you teeter this line, and so I think a lot of us who have steered more toward the accountability side have said, "All right, cool. We need opportunities to grow and develop. How can we get these opportunities?" So then we put the onus back on them, and they put it back on us. So I think there's there needs to be some acknowledgement of there being a systemic issue. Because with all the people of color who opt out of being in this industry on a yearly basis, especially within the last four to five years, they have to acknowledge like they need a system in place to ensure that we are getting the same opportunities as our white counterparts to grow and develop. And something just sparked an idea in my head as while you were talking, because I know about what you're working on and obviously, you know, what I do. But, but this is totally outside of both of those things because a friend of mine, shout out to my man, Jim Ice, that runs um, um, social media for, N- for NBA, for the NBA. So every single year, so, so every single year, he's been in with them for a while. He's been with them for a while, but every single year, Jim Ice, and I'm calling him Jim Ice because that's his nickname, so I'm, I'm putting him out there. <laughs> Probably, um, but he sits down with all the rookies. He sits down with all the rookies, so all these new money cats, right? All the rookies, and he kind of gives them like this social media, kind of like this is what you do, this is what you don't do. I think personally that all the new POCs that enter in this industry need to hear from people like us on how to circumnavigate this system. But I also think that also applies to mid-level people too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and the reason is because all POCs, <laughs> if if possible, if they're interested, because some POCs no, don't want to talk. But I I get that. But for mid-level, mm-hmm. you come, I just there's so much support for people who are new in this industry. You're right. There's You're so 100% many right, sorry, yeah. so many fucking programs. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry. Right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet Arena has just arrived, people. <laughs> and it and we give them this hope that it's going to be a great they're going to work on mm-hmm. sexy work they're going to see their work in times square they're going to mm-hmm. do all these great great wonderful things and it's long hours mm-hmm. to do sexy work it's a lot of bullshit to get things done it's a lot of political games you have to play for people to move their ass so that dies the bright light you came in with dims or dies six years or five years in. I don't think I'll we're say afraid even of that three years. Yeah, but, but and I believe and I think even reasons with, with this podcast is like we need mentorship for people with mid-level and senior level so you can do greater work. You know what I understand I is that we look at other BRGs, ERGs or groups and we see different success levels. 
And it's like, well, why do we see that? Well, because there's power in different levels. There's Mm -hmm. more visibility, more community. Influence. Influence. And what does that lead to? Mentorship, you know, advocacy. Like, all the... People you don't, you can't even vouch for their work. Right. You want to see up there. People that you can grab on their teams and, and... Make sure that they are set up for success so they can get in those those higher end spots and make greater impact. So so, so to your point, I don't think that a lot of people of color are afraid of working those long hours. Um, Right. right. She's talking about she's talking about awareness, like know what you're getting into, know what to expect know that you're going to hit a ceiling. This is what it's going to feel like here. Here are some ways for you to try to get around it on your own before asking for help. And you know what it is? And I think also to this point of like, and I talked about classism a little bit earlier and, and that may not be the right word, but there, there is a, a sort of classism ish thing within this industry for certain people of color, because I have done that for for younger people, and they're like, "Why are you saying that to these people who are just graduating from college?" And I'm like, "But you you need to know because, here, why, because are you you be out here. why are you ruining no, it? Why are you ruining it? No, no, because let's be real about it. It's not like Simi comes in there like, oh, I just want you to know that Simi be like, and then they go fire your ass. And you're like, wait, like, bruh, chill. That's not that's not how you say it. No, I I, I think I think it's 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 a balance because that's how my parents taught it to me, right? Because right. But they only had listen, they did the best that they could with what they had, which wasn't a and I'm speaking about Sonia and Ricky, which wasn't a lot of finesse. Okay, they didn't have much finesse. But I mean I I get it. I think no, that's important. I, and 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 to like I guess book in this conversation. I think one of the biggest things that needs to happen is yes, there needs to be more mentorship and programs for mid-level people, but there needs to be a standard of training and and a benchmark for people who are going to be managers within this industry. It doesn't matter if they're white. It doesn't matter if they're a person of color. There is no standard or 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 trajectory or or um, you know checkboxes for people who are going to be managing directors this industry is is really interesting and it's and i guess this is what's different from here and other industries where you get promoted because of your tenure you get promoted because you won awards you get promoted because you you've won pitches but all of those things don't mean that you can develop a person's professional career and so if you are going to be placed with that responsibility of somebody coming to you and saying can you mentor me can you sponsor me if you are someone who doesn't necessarily give a fuck about developing people and some people they they just don't like they care about their families and that's it and they want to do their work and they go home if you are going to be a managing director you need some sort of training to help you be able to develop development plans for the people who are on your team to not be competing with the people on your team for work, especially on the creative side, because everyone wants the winning idea. There needs to be training that's in place and there needs to be benchmarks for people who are going to be managing directors. And for those not people, just managing directors, managing period, managing period. But then also there needs to be a space for people who are super senior, who are really experienced in their career, who can still add value but don't necessarily need to be managing people. You know and who you know who talked about that on social media the other day. Shout out to Shannon Washington, who like everybody knows I stand for. I don't think she understands just how much, I, but it's fine. Anyway, so stop. Right. Well, no, it, I mean I've said it before, but she did make a point on her um, on Twitter before 
she made a point on Twitter where she was like, there should be some sort of uh, training program for ACDs and GCDs, basically giving those checkpoints that you're talking about because everybody's not a manager and you should actually have to go through a set of trainings to be a manager. And the first year, basically I think she said it was like a two-year program where she's like, first year is really just you like perfecting your work as a senior creative the second year going into the training side. So I think a lot of people are thinking it. I don't think that agency uh, agencies are considering it for the policy set, but it definitely should be something that they consider. Holla at me because I'm working on it with a few industry leaders. I think just, just, just for the sake of time, because oh, okay. I know we didn't, we didn't went through, listen, this is, you know what it was? This was a, it was Hennessy fueled. It was Hennessy fueled. This was a Hennessy fueled episode, You're and welcome. so we went through so many. Listen, and I was like, I'm looking at the bottom. I'm like, you think we'll finish it before we? By the time we end, yes, we're almost there. That's a yes. We don't. Also, there's six people here, so it's not like it was just like the three of us. Even though we could, but like we've had help. Um, let's go on to predictions, just because I think we're starting to teeter into that, uh, into that conversation. We all know who ain't shit. Clearly, like Kenny said, Kenny said it was <laughs> the <Kenny> agencies. <laughs> but I think you know what? I, if if we could give a mixed company uh, ain't shit person of the year, it would be the agency. I, I think I think <laughs> That's the cover. The, the cover would just be like a big ass the skyscraper. Artist formerly known as the right the, the agency because next year they're gonna change their name and be so much consultancies. Better. Right, uh, whatever. It'll be one unit. Oh, just a it's just gonna be like group. a super agency, <laughs> like a mighty morphin Power Ranger. Anyway. Which color? Which color? Well, no, all of them because okay. they merge. Okay. Get it? Okay. You it. get it. it? You get it's the it's a Zord. He wanted to choose your color so you could figure out where you are in the um in me? The thing. I've always been the Blue Ranger. I'm definitely pink. You gotta be the smart joint. That's me. Anyway, I'm the White Ranger. Are you the Black Ranger? I'm the White Ranger. Oh, that's what. <laughs> That's whack as hell. I ain't even gonna lie. Whatever. Anyway, like I said, without digressing, moving on to predictions, Kenny. What do you What do you feel about 2019? What's What's on the horizon? Oh man, Um, Kenny on the Henny. This is one. This one's rough. Um, I am trying to be as optimistic as possible for 2019. Because I already said 2018 was a carbon copy of 2017. Mm. But I'm optimistic because, and, you know, selfish plug to my sister and my sister Miriam, you know, we were able, and and Gary, we are able to, you know, pull off the truth panel, which was sold out. It was sold Um, out. It was sold out in three days. Speaking Um, of (laughs) black, speaking of, speaking of women of color being at the forefront. Thank you, Kenny, for giving us giving us platform. No problem. And I always will. And I always will. As long as I have the strength and breath in my body, I will. So next year, that's just going to continue as far as I'm concerned. But I feel like 2019 podcasts like this and everything else that we do continue must must continue to hold agencies to the fire. Mm hmm. Because, like, this just can't continue because I feel like the the conversation of diversity has been so watered down. It has. And 
I'm just not about that shit. Mm. Um, and there's so there's so many different platforms. So you got all these different conferences, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's so 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 great, so great, so great. But like we're still in the same place. I feel like we're on a mm-hmm. treadmill. We are on a I treadmill. Feel, we're hamsters on the wheel, right? And I'm. I don't want a co-sign. I want a co-action. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what I want. So like, I I really you know I like the co-sign. It's great, but like I need a co-action. I need a co-action, and I need people to be responsible for the actions that they're making, because I don't want 2019 to be like 2018 or 2017. I want it to be in its own category. So. We're at this house party next December fifth or sixth because the sixth, I guess. Let me would look be at the Wednesday. calendar. And let you know what that looked like next year. But like, Lula. I want to look back on 2019 and be like, you know what? Yeah, the needle did go forward mm. because I'm tired of all level people, middle, entry level people, being on the treadmill. I'm I'm just whether I'm going backwards, but it's supposed We're to be going It's fine. Good for your glutes. Um, you know, if you're on the treadmill backwards, it's really good for your. Glutes. I do. I go backwards on yeah, the treadmill some, sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, so like I really want because I feel like 2019 has the promise that could be such a slingshot into the 20s. I just Listen, Kenny, you ain't going to be throwing shit at me. Listen, I understand. Right <laughs> you want to be, be like proactive, but don't be that active. But <laughs> I, would, I would like 2019 to be the to be the slingshot because we've been talking about this for so long and so many great things are in the are in the pipelines mm-hmm. that 2019 could be the slingshot for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work, and it's going to take a lot of more believing in people like like Sister Goddess and the other folks out there. Like It's going to take other agencies. Hashtag the mayor of black Twitter. To, to, yes. to provide that, to not only provide that platform, but to also provide the platform to produce action. So that's my prediction for 2019. But it, but it, they have to do it. Like, it's no more sound bites. Hashtag mm. no more sound bites 2019. Hashtag no we bites. like that. So I'm going to go ahead with my predictions for 2019. I think I, I agree that I feel less like it's a carbon copy, but I feel like 2018 was more of a continuation of 2017. I think it's been one very long, ridiculous and clusterfuck of a year. Um, not that that's a bad thing and not necessarily that it's a good thing, but it's just been a large change in, in culture. Um, and not change like things are different, but like it's, it feels icky. So here's what I think is going to happen on the realest of shits in the DNI front. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is that there's going to be a backlash from opposers of the me too movement. And I say that because there were a lot of people that lost their jobs this year. It's a lot of people whose uh, reputations have been completely fucked over. I'm sure it bled into their personal lives. I'm sorry, bled into their just social lives. Um, and folks are out here angry. And if we think that um, old boy from Havas is out here just being messy, printing out the messy things people wrote about him or said about him, creating his own burn book, shout out to Mean Girls, and putting it on the wall 
at Havas, imagine what the other people that are not necessarily tied to an agency are going to do with their lawyers and their money and their network. It's also going to be the start of the campaign year. So there's going to be, uh, sorry, campaigning, which we technically start in November 2018 for 2020. There's going to be a lot, people are going to have a lot more balls being assholes. They're going to have, they're going to be more comfortable being dickheads. They're going to be more comfortable trying to switch a narrative where you've um, belittled so many large groups of people for so long and people feel bad about it and they're calling it out for you, calling you out for it rather, that people are now going to try to change the narrative to be like, well, this is for your own good and this is actually my right and this is actually because of, you know, because of X, Y, and Z. And I want everybody that likes to sit down and talk about how shocked and surprised they always are. Everybody's always so shocked and surprised. 17 and 18 was a shock and a surprise. I want us to just be a little bit less shocked, a lot less surprised, and a lot more ready to to counteract that because the feel-goods are gone. We had feel-goods. I look back on things that I said during that shout out to Time Hop, like I always say, during um, when Bush was in office, and I look at the tweets I sent and the Facebook posts, and the shit I thought was bad then, I would have had a whole heart attack. Uh, I would have had a whole heart attack with it now. So that's my prediction. I think we need to really get it together because they're not just disappearing. These 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 people, because it's not just men. These people are gonna come back with a vengeance. The other thing is. Um, I think a lot more brands are going to take the Nike approach and be a little bit more, their, their, their campaigns are going to be more politically and leftist focused, not necessarily because they did the work and the research, but because they saw that it worked for Nike. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, we're going to be in the depths of a campaign, um, campaign year. So, uh, I would not be surprised if Oscar Mayer comes out with like a, a fake political ad. Like it's gonna be that deep and that corny. Um, but stay woke, y'all, because let's not make it. Let's not make our political system and our democracy look like a joke, which is exactly what it is going to look like amid all of the fuckery that's going to happen within every industry and within the actual campaign. Um, but recognize that people are going to be profiting profiting off of pain in 2019, which will, I feel, uh, effectively change the course for real, for real, not for fake like it's been the last few years, but for how we live as a society come 2020. But one more thing, just to add to what you said, we're also going to see brands that embrace that other side. The other side, so, I think I do. So, I you know, I thumbs agree. down and middle finger to Nathan's hot dogs Ooh, that, well, that support 45. They're not even my favorite. They're not even my favorite hot dog. Great. I don't eat they that They used anyway. to be mine. Mm-mm. Hot you dogs know, have sodium nitrates. Ballpark, bro. But, Ballpark. but Nathan's, you know, like they, they throw mad money at 45. So, like. It'll be interesting to see what brands embrace that other side because I, you know point. they're going to counteract. That's right? a good point. So it'll be interesting to see what brands that, you know, maybe we even have on this table. Um, hopefully not because then we won't drink not it Not no Moet Hennessy. No, I never, never that. Never Moet Hennessy. They got too never many that. black women working over there. Yeah, too yeah. many people of color and, working and over Stacker, there. And Mrs. Stacker, shout out to, to my I was going to say, too many, too many people, period, over there that enjoy this culture. 
So, but oh, it'd be but interesting to see what brands kind of embrace. I don't want to say the dark side, but mm. that side. So there, because there will be a counter. I'm all looking at the brands on the table. Bench, I hope not. Guy Arena can't even go to the bar no more. Damn. <laughs> My predictions were focused on the conversation of DNI, but what also came to mind was the evolution of these internal agencies on the brand side. I think um, I think it was Ad Age or somebody did an article about especially with media companies, that they're taking these things internally, not realizing the relationships and things like that, the agency builds, that they cannot replicate at a client, like, internal agency. So I want, I don't know if it will be the swing back into the agency or a rethinking of how we work with brands. That's one of my things. One of the things that I am wanting to see, and we talked about it for a couple episodes to a to the death was the Time's Up advertising. Um, I want to see what they do, how they, I don't want to say rebrand, but take the learnings from this year and how they're going to promote themselves next year. That was interesting to me. Oh, okay. Christmas I can't holiday listen. parties. No, I mean, I think that's fair and I that's think that's true. a good call out and I think it's important like, and, and us We've Us having times. right, we've talked about it multiple times, and I think just be, just because we had Colleen DeCourcy on the show, we talked right. about it with her, doesn't necessarily change. It doesn't change my perspective on what happened, and it doesn't change my perspective on what I'm seeing right now, which is we can't, y'all can't just leave her out there to battle to do this battle and on her own, which is what's happening because. I can't tell you how many tweets and how many Facebook posts I've seen about what well, times of advertising needs to have more women of color. I mean, let me be for real with you. Half of half of that board is women of color that we all know and love. But the only person that we're hearing speak on it and answer answer questions directly and personally has been Colleen. And then what it looks like, and if it's not, it would behoove the entire board, every last one of them, to, to stand alongside her despite your holding company, despite your salary, despite your position, despite how long you've been in this industry, to actually take some of those blows with her because she's taking a lot of the blame for there not being action when there's 12 of you, that. period. Love love the, the ones of you that I know, love and adore you, but you know, like, if you're not saying anything, if we don't see you, we don't believe you. And silence is still an answer. Silence is a whole entire answer. It doesn't matter what you're telling her in her ear. If you don't stand alongside her while everybody's beating up on her for not doing anything, because that is what we are all saying, you are not doing anything and showing up every six months to give a presentation is not doing something. It's really, really, really making you all look bad. It just sucks that she's taking the punches for looking bad. And then the next part is inviting men back into the conversation. I Nobody disinvited them. Men stepped away. Mm. Don't do that. They stepped away. Sorry. Everybody agree? Invite, <laughs> invite men back to a conversation that they were never asked to leave. Here's, here's I don't think anybody was asked to leave. Men, men stayed away. A lot other men here's stayed away I mean because they weren't trying to be a part of it. Here's what I mean by invite. And I got, th- I thought about this prediction at our time um, in 3% conference. 
where we talked about how do men how do men find a place into this conversation? It'll be up to them to find a place in this conversation. I'm not saying any recommendations, but it'll be interesting to see at men advocacy with the Me Too movement, with Time's Up, with all these things that are happening to see what type of stance that you guys yourselves will be taking into this conversation. That is my prediction. I'm leaving it there. <laughs> yeah, let's not invite men back because I will take offense to that yeah, because I know, I know too many men that actually speak up on behalf of women. But I find it also just the way our society works. If... If a young woman, if you're you, when you're raising girls, it's easier for it's easier for a male figure to cheer you on when it's time to go to a sporting event or something that is very like gender neutral than it is for them to cheer you on when you get your period. When it gets too girly, some men don't want to be a part of that conversation. And unfortunately, when we discuss things like sexual harassment, they put sexual <laughs> harassment in the same vein as you getting your period. It's just not the thing that we want to talk about or it's not the thing I want to associate myself with because I don't want anybody to think I've done it. That, like, if you want to be an advocate and an ally, you will. Just like in dating, if you're going to be a fuck man, you will as well. I agree with that. I wonder... <laughs> that's true. You. That was the polite way to say it. Men come, yeah. I just want to see their placement in this conversation. That's what I'm going to see in 2019. Right. If that was the wrong word, now you know what I meant. Sorry. No, it's you're the right. Hennessy. <laughs> it is. At yeah. least it's not tequila, because y'all know that would have went. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't drink white stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, y'all know I get but, uh, real But agitated. I do have that on tap, too, if y'all want no. me to. No. <laughs> no. But no. I don't drink it that yeah. often. <laughs> we don't, don't do. want to go. I can't go yeah. to jail tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. I things, will. Things get. They get real rowdy. Listen, they, I've been they, there. They get, yeah, Master P, rowdy, rowdy, body, it body. Like, I don't do on tequila. Like, I don't I'm, do tequila I'm much more gin. chill on the hen and, you know, the vodka. But, okay, that has nothing to do you with You know what? Oh, sorry. You have one? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm a little drunk. But my, my general prediction is uh, – there will be no miracles in 2019 and shout out to Casey Gerald because I'm reading his book right now. And what I mean by that is that to Kenny's point, 2019 is going to look exactly like 2018 or 2017 if everyone doesn't act. And that's people who are mid-level, that's people who are entry-level, that's people who are in leadership positions. Everyone is a stakeholder in DNI. Um, everyone needs to play their part. And for some people like us who were a little on the crazy side and decided to put our careers and our reputations on the line to talk about this, get it. But if, if you are not on, on our side of sanity, then you need to use the platforms that are given to you, whether that's sliding into our emails or sliding into our DMs to talk about what it is that you are going through. Everyone needs to be speaking about what it, what they're going through at within their agencies. Otherwise, 2019 is going to look exactly like 20, 2018. That's for the th that's for the employees, for the leaders who are in this industry. I need you to do exactly what the fuck your title says, which is to lead. That means that means you need to have foresight. That means you need to have hindsight. That means you need to be thinking about ways to push the conversation forward, um, especially for our white allies. 
I don't want you to play uh, incompetent when you are talking about racial issues or talking about gender issues. You need to come to the table informed. You need to do your research. Don't ask me how to fix your shit unless you are going to pay me. Um, because really, that's it's, it's going to be a repeat of the last two years, three years, the last 20 years, the last 40 years, the last 50 years, because we're still talking. You just going to keep going? Like We're <laughs> still talking about the same shit since civil rights. Like, that shit no, is so. No, we've been un- talking about it since before then. Since before then. But if we're talking about policy being put in place and, and laws being changed, we're talking about shit that's been in action since civil rights. And so if if you are not tired about talking about this shit, about hearing about this shit, then do something about it. Like it's, it's literally that simple. Like nothing's going to change organically. People are naturally biased. People are naturally going to be selfish because everybody's out here for themselves, unfortunately at the end of the day. And so nothing is going to change organically. It's not going to happen by itself. And that's what I mean by there are going to be no miracles everybody's going to need to do the work. Everybody's going to need to do their part. And it's not just about putting putting programs and initiatives in place. So to your point, Karina, about what are men going to do and add to the conversation, sometimes it just means shutting the fuck up, right? It means if you're going to be in a meeting and there's a woman talking, don't interrupt her. Shut the fuck up, right? No, no, but you, but you, but, but I'm, but I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, what, what am I going to say in the conversation? A lot of this is about action. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen unless you do it. And so if you, if you are t- asking what are men going to do in the conversation, then really it's on a man to say, these are the things, these are all the ways, all the buckets that make me a fuck boy or, or whatever it is. These are all the things that I need to do to change. It's not going to happen by itself. It's not going to happen by reading um, an article. It's not going to happen by by you know liking a pe- liking a tweet or whatever the case may be. It's it needs to be action. So, to Kenny's point, next year is going to be exactly like this year and the year before that and the fifty and the forty years before that, unless people actually do the work. Fair. All right. And with that being said, it's been one hell of a year. It's been a long ass year. Two hours worth, two hours worth of a year to recap in a whole episode. Um, I don't even know how to close out. First is thank you. Before yes. you, be, before you close out. Sorry, I, was, I know. Kenny, Kenny always got, Kenny always got something to say. I don't know. Glasses are off. I'm about to lose. Yeah, I was like, I was like, his glasses off. Chai about to listen. The, the yeah. zipper, his his cardigan zipper is about yeah. to it's still well, up. It's still it, up. I, well. I was nominated for Agency Partner of the Year from the New York City Board of Education. Hey! Nominated. I did not win tonight, um, so I left early hey. so I could try to get here on time because I did not win. Um, but oh, just oh. To, to, par- to partner everything that Simeon said, honestly, and I, and I wrote this a couple weeks ago, 2019, putting all all the chips on the table, kind of using like a gambling kind of analogy here, putting all the chips on the table for diversity, I cannot stress how much you will not lose. You will not lose. And that's just 
motherfucking science. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the players, and there's many players in this advertising industry, many players, they feel like I need to be with, I need to do what all my other friends are doing. I'm not going to bet on black. I'm going to bet on red. Even though all the science. I, that's not what I thought you were going to say. But, <laughs> conti- but continue. That's not, that's, not where I, that's not where I thought this was going. But I get, I get it. Keep going. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. they have to understand that we as a people, men of color, women of color, we make the hard calls every day. And we deserve the chance to play. Right? Yep. We deserve a chance to get into the game. And some of us have been in the game. And there's and we you know and we work hard to bring people in, but for those of us that have been in the game, like that bet will not go wrong. And you, well, and it didn't go wrong for them. Remember, they bought up most of the multicultural agencies. So yeah. let let us not forget, you can be our partner too. You don't yeah. have to own everything we do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like but I feel like 2019, they just have to more believe that because I feel like. When it come when it comes to gamble to when it comes to that gamble, I feel like they they're like, well, you know, CEO X and CEO Y and CEO ABC, they're not doing that, and they're doing just fine. But if I do this, I'm gonna be an anomaly, and I may not win. But those other lettered CEOs may not win either working with the cards that they have in their deck or the chips that they have. But you have this fine opportunity to change the game because the birds of a feather flock together. So if they see that, wow, I bet on black and I actually won because other industries are betting on black and they're winning. Financial, yeah, tech, some government, but <laughs> I was about to say some tech, but, but yes, they, but but they are, but they are. That's that's my point. That they are. I mean, are they a minority in the when you compare them to like Fortune five hundred companies? Yeah, are they under ten percent. Yes, they are. But they are actually winning, right? But it's a matter of them trusting the science and taking that chance. And there's just so many different ways we can tell them to take that chance. That that's my point. I'm gonna leave it. No, fair. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, I do want to say something. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to help the clothes. Relax. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> how many? Let me say it. How, how much two time? Hours. I want to say. You got three minutes. Honestly, we want to thank everyone who has supported us this year. We appreciate it going to all these events, supporting us in our events. Sponsored, they didn't support, they paid. I'm talking about listeners to like, oh, yeah, they was, they they were listeners. Can I just okay, um, (laughs) I want to say thank you to everyone who have listened, supported in any way possible this year. We've done dynamic stuff, we put a lot of content out there, and so we wish you happy holidays. That is all from me. All you so. had to say was you wanted to do. Well, I, go ahead and tell them the social medias then. You Since can you catch to us at Mix Company on the Instagram at, at Miss, Ask Mix Company. She's so old. She's so on the Instagram and the Facebook. 
You can also email us at mix, askmixcompany at gmail.com, and you can catch us on Facebook at Mixed Company Podcast. We will see you in the new year. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God Cut. bless. Y'all stay. <laughs> Stay diverse, stay inclusive. Peace out. And just so y'all know, the Hennessy bottle is It's fresh. empty. It's Hennessy so is uh, The Hennessy is black history right now. It is. <laughs> it is. And hopefully I will be back to bring some more hen. So thank y'all for Amen. having me. Thank you for coming. Thanks, thank you, Carl. Thank, thank you, Kenny. Thank you, C. Dizzle. Thank you, Arnetta. We, we out. out. Later.